The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by Pure. The Pure app lets awesome people have casual sex tonight. Download Pure on Google Play or the App Store. Pure, the hookup app that says it's a hookup app. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to all the poly parents, single moms, and leather daddies. This is Billy Presida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Recording right now from bright and sunny San Francisco, California. What is up? I'm recording this uh, on the day I'm getting ready to travel on out to Austin, Texas. If you are new to my program, this is a podcast where I talk to women I've hooked up with. About sex, dating, sexuality, gender, love, kinks, butt stuff, and most importantly, why we didn't work out. On the show this week is Jessie, a blast from my past who brings some closure to the table, and I'm very excited to share her with y'all in a bit. But first, show dates, people. Show dates. Yes. Okay. What what do we got next week? Uh, June 21st. I'm at the Creek in the Cave at 8 p.m. It's in Long Island City, Queens. Awesome venue. June 22nd, I will be at New York Comedy Club for, oh, this is exciting, a roast battle against my dear friend and uh, former guest of the podcast, Miguel Dalmau. June 23rd, I'm going to be up in Slotesburg, New York at Characters Bar and Restaurant. Shout out to Rockland County. For more details on those show dates and others, head on over to manwhorepod.com slash comedy. And while you're over at manwhorepod.com, be sure to get on the mailing list, people. It's how you get all your all the latest man whore podcast news and qualify for various giveaways. Speaking of giveaways, you know, uh, right now we're running out of time for you to go participate in my brief demographic survey. I've got a very, very small favor uh, to ask of you. If you could do it actually right now while you're listening to this podcast, it's a brief demographic survey that the powers that be, the powers that are able to funnel some some monies my way, have asked me to uh, have done by you listeners. Just a couple, like, simple questions. It's like six questions, I think. It's like your age, gender, how much schooling you got, stuff like that. Completely anonymous. You can put your email address in if you would like to, but uh, it's it's not going out to anyone except me. It's not going to go to a bunch of marketers. You know, it's super safe. And if we get at least 500 responses by, I believe we, my trip here in San Francisco, it has been eventful out here in the Bay Area, or uh, as in college, I learned it to be the Yay Area. Congratulations to the Golden State Warriors. You guys cost me some money, but, uh, you know, you'd certainly outplayed LeBron and company. Uh, before I give you all the slutty details, though, we got to talk about Manhorcon. Yes, Manhorcon is in the works, people. Last week, I announced that Manhorcon will be taking place on October 7th and 8th. That's Columbus Day weekend. Well, now I am very excited to announce that tickets are on sale. Yes, you can now go buy tickets at manhorpod.com slash tickets. Manhorcon, what is that? Well, that's going to be a really fun-filled, smutty weekend with various events with yours truly. And of course, the crown jewel will be a live Man Whore podcast taping. Yes, a live show, finally. 
So tickets to the live show are $20. Of course, uh, I'll be there. There may or may not be some live stand-up comedy. And of course, you're going to see me chit-chatting with uh, one, if not more, of my former flames in front of a live audience. Going to be a good time. For the entire weekend, you will want to go buy a ticket right now for ManhorCon. Right now, you can get super early bird tickets. That's 50% off for just $47.50. To let you know what the decimal point is, that's $47.50. Yes, uh, you can get super early bird tickets until August 1st, uh, and then prices will go up. Again, that's manwhorepod.com slash tickets. What does a manwhorecon ticket get you? That is a fantastic question. No one who asked it. Your manwhorecon ticket, of course, gives you admission to the live manwhore podcast taping. It also gives you admission to any other venues we may be going to as a group. It also gives you access to private manwhorecon events, hangouts, parties. I'll be announcing the itinerary of ManhorCon uh, as the weeks go on. I'll be kind of trickling it out, getting y'all excited for it. But if you want your cheapest opportunity at a ticket right now, uh, before August 1st, you want to go to manhorpod.com slash tickets, get your super early bird ticket. Oh, wait, no, there is a cheaper way to get a ticket because all of my patrons will receive 25% off their ManhorCon ticket at checkout. Oh, yes, that is a, a nice little perk. I'm giving to all my Patreon supporters as just a thank you for supporting me month in and month out. So to go buy your ManhorCon ticket, go to manhorpod.com slash tickets, and I'll be telling you a whole lot more about ManhorCon uh, over the weeks this summer. I am so excited to meet y'all in person, finally. Um, thank you, everybody, by the way, for your birthday shout-outs, your birthday wishes, your birthday titties. Some of y'all out there were very kind with those. Uh, I also got a really nice book in the mail from Kenzie. Uh, and I thought I would share the title of the book because it seemed relevant to uh, y'all's interest. Uh, she bought me a book called Designer Relationships, A Guide to Happy Monogamy, Positive Polyamory, and Optimistic Open Relationships. Seems really interesting. I can't wait to read it, and when I finally do, I'll be sure to tell y'all. Uh, I'll be sure to tell y'all about it. But uh, thank you all. It was it was a nice low key birthday with Paige. She came on out from Pittsburgh because she's moved back to Pittsburgh for the summer. Uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to share that with y'all or not, but she's gonna be out there for a while. So we're about to be uh, doing some long distance stuff, and it was nice to uh, to have her out here for the day. This is fun. As many of y'all know, official fan whores of the podcast who support me on Patreon have access to The Champagne Room, a secret fan whore Facebook group for patrons. And uh, every week I do a post on there called Sexual Achievement Sunday. I stole it from Reddit, uh, from the r slash sex subreddit. And it's just like, hey, everybody, what, what kind of slutty debauchery did we get up to this past week? I just want to congratulate uh all the members of the champagne room. Apparently we had an exceptionally awesome week. A lot of great posts, a lot of, a lot of steamy stuff, to be honest. And with the permission of the following two people, I'm going to be reading a couple of the, a couple of the accomplishments that they had over the past week. Now, one of this one was like really simple, but uh, I loved it. One member wrote, took a wonderful shower with my wife tonight. It was the first time we had done that since the baby was born. And I'm just like, you know what, real talk? A good bath is sometimes better than decent sex. 
Maybe y'all homeowners out there are like, uh, Billy, I don't know about that. I'm just like, I haven't been able to afford having a decent bathtub ever. Billy doesn't really know what a good bath is like. And uh, I can't say I get to take baths too often. But when I do and it's in a nice, comfortable bathtub, I'm just like, fuck off anyone who wants to touch my dick. Let me lay back here and relax. Someone shared a, a super active week that they had. Uh, and I, I just wanted to read this because it's so good. She writes, I'm currently on a fuckcation, so there's a lot to say. I made out, got my tits sucked, and was fingered on a rooftop patio in downtown Portland, followed by me holding him down by his throat back in my room and making him jerk off until he came. She's not done yet, people. Uh, I had multiple people's heads in my lap over Friday evening while providing touching and words of encouragement while they either were eaten out or fucked. Hot makeouts and groping with more queer femmes than I can count, followed by fucking two brave babes with my fuck machine while grinning like a mad scientist. Saturday was a mishmash. Had so many wonderful, long, stimulating conversations with a super hot trans babe that leads to hot making out and multiple orgasms for each, only being wrapped up because the dinner bell was rang. As a lover of bacon, hun, uh, I totally understand that. <laughs> uh, that night was an all-out look night with folks worshipping my boots and begging for me to have my way with them. I picked one adorable subby babe and introduced her to clit suction toys and glass dildos. I got a reciprocated orgasm after she came a few times with my hand around her throat. This was followed by me fucking a good friend with my fuck machine while her partners fawned all over her body and I again was grinning like a scantily clad mad scientist. Wow. Uh, if you're all done jerking off to that, uh, let's just give her a quick quick little golf clap. Just give her a little round of applause. Uh, winner. I'm just like, you know what? You won. You won. What kind of naughtiness did I get up to? Well, uh, a <laughs> little bit of strange. I got into, I got up to two little pieces of nonsense. I'm I'm gonna share one of them with you because the other one is uh, for various reasons that I can't explain at this present moment. There's like there's like Patreon exclusive levels of of classified information on the second hookup. But the first one occurred on my my second night here in San Francisco. I I, I answered some Reddit ads. It's funny. So like, you know, when I get ready to travel to a different city, I'm poking around Craigslist, I'm poking around Reddit. I'm just like, let me see what they got to offer out there. And I like so I bookmark maybe like a half dozen ads to answer and I'm answering them in the Milwaukee airport during my layover. <laughs> and I got a response um from a couple of them. The one that I ended up falling through with was this uh <coughs> Normally, people do the same things a lot of sex workers do. They'll be like, go to this corner or go to this like address, and they'll give you an address like next to their address. They just want to be able to look out the window, check you out, and then they give you the real address. This guy didn't give me. He's just like, just go to this corner. And then he, he comes down, and he's wearing those, you know, those like, those like shoes, but they've got the toesies. He leads me upstairs to this scene, and the scene is there's a woman. woman is blindfolded, earplugged, and covered in a blanket in a, in a dark living room. And I'm like, this is a hot scene other than that there are toddler toys that they're like attempting to hide kind of like not far from her. It's like just because you push it up against the wall doesn't mean I can't see the Legos, okay? And the scene that they wanted was that he's like, look, she just wants to be used as someone's fuck toy. She doesn't want to know who they are. She doesn't want to see them. She doesn't even necessarily know someone's going to come over. 
but she wants to be used. Uh, she also was like, requ- apparently she requested having some anal sex. Personally, I was like, I'm not trying to get into a bunch of messiness uh, with a total stranger. Anal can be a lot of work. And it's my third favorite hole. So I, I passed on that. But you know what I wanted was I was like, you know what? Oh, this is a good opportunity to get like a nice rim job. Yeah. Somebody just wants to be a fuck toy. Cool. They're licking my asshole. That does not come often enough. And my girlfriend who does do it has, uh, has moved six hours away. So those are now going to be few and far in between. I will take them where I can. So we walk in and he's like, look, I'm going to put my hands on her first. And then I want you to put your hands on her in a different part. He's like, that's how we're going to let her know that there's another guy. And that gives her an opportunity to tap out, to use her safe word, etc. Um, needless to say, she was super into it. I'm running her hands on her body. Then I took her hand and I, I just put it on my shin and then let her like explore my naked body. And she's rubbing her hands up and down my legs, over my thighs. And then finally, um, she discovers my cock and she starts stroking it. And her hands, they were, they were soft and they felt wonderful. They felt like well moisturized. I'm like, good. She takes care of her skin. That's a positive thing when you get older like she is. And she's like, she's stroking my dick. Uh, while this guy is like fingering her quietly below. It was really cool. He was like super quiet about his stuff. He's not like dirty talking to her. He's not dirty talking to her about me, which that can be weird. Like when you're trying to hook up in like a multi-dude scenario with a lady and you're not into dudes, I'm kind of like, hey man, let me do my thing. Like I'll take this upper half, you take the bottom half. Don't bother me. But some guys are just like really into the fact that their woman is with another guy. So they'll be like, yeah, you like sucking his cock. You like this random strange, like they'll say shit. And I'm just like, dude, leave me out of this. You're ruining it for me. Luckily, he was just, he was nice and quiet, did his thing. Uh, But then eventually, like I laid her down and I slowly descended upon her face and received exactly what I wanted. This, uh, this concluded with a covered blowjob uh, because they wanted to use condoms for, for oral sex, which is fine. Guys, can we stop pretending that like a covered blowjob doesn't feel good? It doesn't feel awesome, but let's stop pretending like you can't feel it, okay? If you can't feel it, your dick's broken. Ladies, I understand complaining about giving c- covered blowjobs because it's latex, but fellas, like, just be happy for whatever blowjob you're getting, Okay. I didn't even plan on fucking this woman, but you know, by the end of it, by, you know, but with enough of that blowjob and with everything that went down, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, let's do this thing. And so I, you know, bent her over, finished, finished real quickly inside her and, and went on my way. Solid stranger place scenario. I was, I was quite happy with it. It was a nice way to be welcome to San Francisco. Rock on. <laughs> Can we also say this about San Francisco? You know, I, I drove around, I drove like to the, um, I drove over the, Golden State Bridge. I, I checked out Vista, the Vista Point. I checked out the Marin uh, Heightlands, Headlands, I, whatever it's called, where they have the beautiful view. It's like this, these like this tall. I don't want to say mountain. It felt like a large hill, but this little mountain, a, a tiny mountain, tiny mountain. It feels like saying like a, a gentle murder. Okay, so I, and I'm looking at these beautiful views of the Golden Gate Bridge and the Bay and San Francisco down yonder. And um, then I get back in my tiny little smart car that I rented, which felt like I was driving a clown car. It really, because it's two seats it's, and there's no back seat and it's very short. It's like, it's like half a car. And I'm driving it down uh, into these like, mountains. And so I'm now like out of sight of 
the bay and now I'm seeing just like kind of these like flatlands and these like mountains and I'm thinking oh my god if I lived out here I would have outdoor sex exclusively all the time my god there's just nothing but open plains occasional cars driving past and and no one policing or patrolling. Are you kidding me? I would live in San Francisco and live that city life. And then what I would do is I would just, you know, travel with a girl 20 minutes away, walk 30, 40 yards out, and then just have fun uh, out in the fucking, in nature without all the mosquitoes. See, again, a lot of people walk through life and they say that would be a pretty picture. That might be a good place to shoot a movie. And I, I look at places when I walk around in life thinking like, oh, I could have sex there. That's mostly how I view the world. Places to have sex. Places to fuck publicly. And I saw nothing but opportunity uh, up in Marin County. So that was kind of cool. San Francisco's been fun, people, and I'm hoping that Texas is fun as well. Uh, But now let's get to this week's guest, Jesse. Jesse, well, she explains the origin stories of uh, of us and what we did and how and it's and and things like that. She is also an excellent example of a stranger play scenario. That one's one of my favorites uh, that I've ever done. Let's just say she knew what I looked like when we met, and I did not know what she looked like, and she was going to be in complete control. I was really excited for that surprise, and she's going to tell that story uh, on this week's episode. But it's a cool talk. You know, we discussed that, and but we also talk about polyamory, having babies, a very interesting fetish I've never heard of called doll play. And then very uh, surprisingly, she explains to me what happened and uh, let's say where I messed up in the potential relationship and where she feels like she did wrong. It's kind of kind of sweet. I hope you all enjoy this week's episode with Jesse. Yeah, you yeah. want to keep it like right, right, in, right in there. Yeah, just try to keep it. Put my nose on it like all like that won't bother me. Style. Yeah. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, you were in the cast. And I mean, so I was going through the text coming over here trying to remember like, wait, why did this? And and I remember you just it's constantly like either feeling sick or in a hospital or in France. It was like just you were constantly broken. Yes. <laughs> and and you know, it's like, did I have surgery on my wrist when we met, or was it was I waiting for a surgery? I think a combination of I or maybe you yeah. had just had it. Yeah, because you so, had we were on dates where you had the the cast on. Okay, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, I'm not allowed to swear. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. Okay, it's yeah, a fuck just, show. Yeah, yeah it's okay. called Man Whore Podcast. I mean, you never know. <laughs> you might want to pull that PG-13 rating. I know. No, yeah. when we talk about orgies, we want to keep it very TV clean. That's sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're um, fine. So. As you as you know, I was an artist. I was an artist for uh, ten years. I, I tattoo built my, artist, yes, even yeah, yes. And I built a really successful career. So having lost my hand was losing almost ninety percent of my identity. And so when we met, I was like in that process of just realizing how much I was losing. I was losing my identity as an artist, my identity as a public figure in my industry. Um, 
and you know, just as a person, as a mom who's worked, you know, full time, eighty hours a week, you know, all of this stuff. All of a sudden, I found myself at home in front of my kid, one on one, and I was like, "Whoa!" Like I don't know who this person is, and now I've got this hand that doesn't work, and now I like just entering into the world like kind of like a. I would say kind of a weird rebirth. And so when I met you, I was like managing that Mm. intellectually and emotionally. And at the same time, I just wasn't, I wasn't sure of anything. So I was like, oh, well, you know, he's nice and this is fun. And our first date is like the all time favorite first date I've ever had. Stop it. No. I swear to God, it was the best. No, no, no. Whenever somebody asks me about my favorite first date, Ours is my favorite. Why don't you why don't you share with people what our first date was like? Okay, so we actually didn't meet like Oh right, right. Fuck. I remember this very <laughs> clearly. Yes. Oh, this is one of my favorite stranger plays. This is like when stranger play goes well. Oh yes. yes. Okay. So, like, yeah, I'll let you tell it. So oh, yeah, I, love this. I, I guess my friend Leon was on your Oh see now you're all good. Uh, see, I love this it story. Was so it was just such a positive experience. It was such a beautiful experience. Uh, so my friend Leon was on your podcast. Mm-hmm. And while I was uh, kind of sitting around doing not much, I listened to the podcast and I commented about it on your Twitter feed. Mm. Uh, and you came back to me. Uh, Slipped in into those DMs. In one of those like direct messages and you were like commenting on my legs, which were a photo on my uh on, on my Twitter feed, which I don't have anymore. I don't do Twitter. You don't have your legs? Oh, no. no. Oh, no. I don't have my Twitter feed anymore. I kept my legs, you know, because <laughs> I need them. Uh, and, and we started talking, and we decided that we wanted to meet. And I was like, hey, let's do something crazy. Let's not talk. And you were like, yes, let's do that. And we had this whole plan where I was going to pick you up on the corner yeah. and walk you to my front porch. So we- this was a whole stranger place scenario yeah. where it was like, the plan was I had to go to a corner. Yes. And then I was going to, I think it's like, I text you when I'm at the corner and then I didn't know what you, Oh, that's part of what it was. Right. I didn't know what you look like. And I was like, let's keep it that way. Yeah, Cause you only <laughs> have like a, a picture a, of my legs. Right. So, so, yeah. so it was, uh, I was just going to wait on this corner and then you were going to, again, no words, but you were then just going to, someone was going to take my hand. Right. And so all of a sudden I'm way on this corner like a crazy person and you take my hand. I do. And the thing is, is that I know what you look like because it was really easy to look you up. Yeah. You don't know what I look like because I was really private. I'm still very private about uh, my outward identity. And so just the look on your face when you saw me first, I remember that being just like, oh, yeah. I'm pretty, you know, because you could tell when somebody likes you. Uh, we walked across the street and we went to the front door uh, where we kissed for the first time. Uh, and then I took you into my house and then we went straight down to my room and we made out for like two hours. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, and, and that was great. It was, we had these boundaries set in advance. Like this is, you know, as how far we're going to go. This is all of that stuff was set. So we didn't have to worry about it. We just did some like fun fooling around. I got to like learn your body, and yeah, no talking. The important, the most important part seems to be like Billy talk less, smile more. 
as my ex would once say a lot. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's yeah. No, I hear you. But yeah, the deal was that neither of us would speak. Yeah. So you didn't know what my voice sounded like. So all these things you didn't know about me. You didn't know what I looked like. You didn't know what I sounded like. You didn't really know much about my behavior or personality. You knew that I was poly. You knew that I had... Uh, Twitter feed. That I knew was you had really slamming empty. cute legs. And, and yeah, and there was pictures of legs. I had an idea like you were petite in some way, but that's about all. And now you're covered in tattoos. Uh, I had you have a lot but of that's, tattoos. That's kind of all I had going. And it was, it was great because I got to be led by a woman, which as many people who listen know, it's like I, that's my thing. I, I like to be led. I don't want to be dominated, but like I just want a leading lady. And we, li- I literally had a leading lady take my hand and drag yeah, me across it, the street. It was very much like an airport you know, experience where I was like kind of like tra- traffic guiding with the flags to the mm-hmm. left, to the right. And no, it was really fun. It was, and I remember the conversation that we had afterward. I remember when we were making out, I had the most fucked up ringtone on my phone. Mm-hmm. And it was just an awful ringtone. Since nobody ever calls me, I didn't know. Uh, and my phone rang for the first time in like a year when we were making out. And I was kind of like, crap <laughs> like this horrible latina latina music uh ringtone goes off in this r- and i remember like almost breaking the vibe but we both kind of had a good giggle about it and that's the first time i heard you laugh mm-hmm. uh you know it was fun and i remember having such a fantastic time and and, and that's why we went out yeah. again and you know a few times and that, and, that, and on those dates we got the i got the talk it was yes, great yeah. i was allowed to talk you did a lot of that <laughs> You did definitely did a lot of talking. So, <laughs> absolutely. No, it was a lot super fun and I'm so glad. And it still remains my favorite first date ever. It's a, it's a, it's it's fantastic. It's just when you said first date, I was thinking about the drinks the subsequent time. I didn't even think about the stranger play scenario we did. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean that was fantastic. It's a it's a really fun experience I had. I mean, it's so it's so rare it's so rare to meet somebody who's excited about experimenting with, you know, relating. You know, normally when you meet somebody, you're like, let's have drinks, let's have coffee, let's yeah. talk about unimportant, stupid, silly, superficial things. Or and, it's like, let's just not talk and be strangers and get naked and fool around. But finding that, like, intimate space in the middle where you don't feel dirty and grimy afterwards, but mm. you don't feel like you wasted any conversational time either. No, it was great. It was fantastic. Now, what was your response when I, like, pitched the... Because I I was be I I think I was probably clearly like hey this is probably gonna be like sexual right like what was the idea of like hey we want to just like take drag a stranger into your house <laughs> I don't know if you remember this but it was my idea really yeah <laughs> oh amazing I I'm just so used to that being my idea it was like kind of fifty fifty in the sense that I was like hey I'd really like to meet you but I want to kind of do our thing differently can we do it backwards can yeah. we start with a kiss. And you were like, yeah. Let's. All about that idea. And then we started getting into like what would be fun. So I definitely went to the table being like, can we do something other than. That's ins- that's so much fun. Things. But the problem is sometimes if you go, sometimes I'll pitch this, but it's, it's hard to like retract from it. It's hard to be like, hey, you want to do a stranger play thing? No. Okay. Coffee. You know, like you can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to do. I've done it once and it didn't go well. I, I, I was supposed to do this like stranger play thing with this woman from tinder and she was kind of like hesitant but like yeah yeah you know what let's do that that sounds different that sounds fun uh i was going to bring my girlfriend at the time in 
and so she knew like she was going to be blindfolded. It's one of these things where like blindfolded, so you leave the door propped open, and me and someone else are going to come in. We're going to fool around, and then she's going to leave, and then we're going to go on the date. The whole like let's do it truly backwards. Let's do the the fucking around and the weird blindfold stuff, and then my partner will leave, and then we'll go on a real date date. And the yeah. day of, she pulled out. She was like, you know what? Ah. But then we still went and got like brunch like a week later. How did that go? It was weird because like I've built up my expectations and my wants, and my desires, my thoughts around her are this really fun. Potential experience. Yeah, like yeah, really cool. cool. And, and then it almost feels like a letdown. You're like, oh. I guess we could get coffee. I would have ever, if we had originally pitched coffee, I probably would have been excited. Been like, oh, great. I'm going to go meet this person. This is going to be great. But because the expectations were set one place and then brought down, like, so it's hard to like pitch what we did yeah. and then change your mind and be like, actually, you just want to do coffee instead. It, you know, it's hard, it's hard to do because you get these like, you built up expectations. You know, you, you make these, you know, these wonderful connections in life and some things happen like, like it did with us and it was great and some things don't. Yeah. And you just kind of like, ah, damn. Yeah. You know, and like, I don't, I don't know. You just get through it. You know, you meet a lot of amazing human beings by being brave. And I think you were awesome in being brave and proposing that situation. But I also know it's it's a thing for you. So Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you've you've met like a whole ton of people because uh, you are you are polyamorous. I'm also a human being. So You're human. You know. be- OK, I'm sorry. I mean, you have got you've been experiencing a lot of people. Uh and so that was one of the things I was going to ask. Like, are you guys still? So you were like very cryptic when we were texting, arranging this. There's a lot of like vagueness, and well, and just, you yeah. see, you seem like life had changed. And I was like, I don't even know. Like, you, we walk in. You told me you had a kid. I was like, Yeah, I know you got a kid. I didn't know you had a second kid. Yeah, I had um, another kid. Yeah. Uh, are you guys still Polly? Absolutely. I, okay. Uh, part I of me was like, uh, I was like, okay, because because <laughs> part of me was thinking, I was like, when you were being vague, I was like, maybe they stopped being polyamorous. Maybe no, that's no. maybe they got split up i don't know no the the fantastic thing about you know about what you're proposing for me to see you and do this on the on the on the radio and all is like once i decided that i was willing to like be held accountable not only to you but to all of your listeners was that i get a chance to like update you on my life so i didn't want to tell you anything via text Mm -hmm. Only because it would be fun to be doing this together. Update me. Tell me what happened since since whatever happened then. So, oh, balls. All right, just turn that off. Uh, Hold on. There you go. Turn that off. Done. Um, So, when we were dating, I had the broken hand. I had to go into surgery. And in January, I found out I was sick with a thyroid disease. Right. And so, like, it just seemed like, like you said, I was constantly broken. Yeah. Um, And as a result of that, I had a lot of, like, catching up with myself to do and being accountable to myself and a lot of life changes. I had to change my diet. I had to change my self-care systems. I had to change my career goals. Like, everything came down. And when it came to being in a new relationship, I just... I just failed all across the board when it came with you. It came to you. Because it didn't really like break off. Our last date was we saw American Sniper and yeah. had pizza. And then just kept trying to scheduling that next date, kept being put off, put off, put off, can't, yeah. sick, out of the country. Um, so like for me, here's how like basically it went down. Um, 
every time is that okay there? Am yeah, I'm just like. All right. Yeah. yeah. You can take it off here. All right. So yeah. is that better? So long, if it's going to keep it closer to your face, then sure. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't like anything in my face. Yeah. <laughs> Are you anti-oral? Do I for, do I forget no, this? No, no, you didn't forget okay. this at all. Like I'm not anti-oral. Oh, okay. okay. Um. No. So what happened for me is like we every time we would go out, which which would be great, but somehow for some strange reason, we ended our dates always talking about other girls that you were dating oh no did i do that oh no <laughs> billy classic Priscilla. uh and I, this is like, not the first you're not the first guest to say that i make that mistake <laughs> oh i'm sorry yeah no, it's so my fault <laughs> the thing is is that like i was going through all this stuff and i also kind of felt like i was like number 17 of 20 and i kind of didn't feel safe sharing all the crap that i was going through with Mr. Number 17 of 20. And I was just kind of like, I can't. Like, it was a bit too heavy for me. And like, I'm poly. I'm all about you dating, mm-hmm. you know, all the wonderful, fantastic people. But being poly doesn't mean that I don't want to feel special. Mm-hmm. And it was a little difficult for me. So as I continued to fail to reschedule, uh, I started, I stopped feeling bad about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and eventually it just we just fell off the map for each other. But so, but it wasn't so much a you thing. It was it was much more a, like that. Sounds like a me thing. Well, which there was is, that little like, part. Yeah, but, but that's that a played. big that's a big thing to do, and it's a comment. It's a thing that I have heard before, and right. you know, the, in the whole when you're when you're either dating seriously, casually, whatever, um, the whole concept of other partners. I'm still, I guess, figuring out. You know how much to. Share how much sure. not to share. What's too much? Then you meet the poly people. You think, oh, then it's fine. But you know, maybe you still okay. got to temper it a bit. So I actually have a little piece of advice for you. Please, if you like, it's fantastic that you want to share uh, all of the people that you're dating and your mm. life experience. That's beautiful. You're you're forthcome. You're forthrightness. You're, yeah, the fact that you're forthcoming. A fourth thing. It's fourth you know something. that you're yeah. honest and you're willing to share. That's great. Do that at the beginning of the date. Do that at the beginning of the day so that the rest of the day can be about the person that you're currently in the space with. Interesting. So, like, instead of ending the dates, like, working up to telling them that these are the amazing people that are in your lives, just go straight to that over, like, you know, cocktails and then dinner and cuddles with the person that you're with. I like that. I like uh, it. Treat it treat it just like, well, I do this for work and this is where I live and I date these people and, uh, yeah. and my favorite color is blue. Yeah. You know, and, and again, you know, I'm poly. People date other people. You know, that happens and it's fantastic that you're willing to be honest and, you know, like, hey, these are these amazing people and I wanted you to be happy. It just felt like at the end it was more about adding me to the collection than it was about actually being with me. And so, yeah, once, once I started getting sick and struggling, that was just, a, that, was just that tiny weight more mm-hmm. than I was willing to add to the, to, the, to the whole, you know? But I still hold you in high esteem. I still wow. think that you're amazing. Wow. I did not expect that. In the, of all the things I was expecting... That's not at all what it was. What were you expecting? I don't know. I just thought maybe like lost interest or I thought the sickness thing got you, you know, when I was reading through the text, there's a lot of stuff about, hey, I need to do a lot of like solo. I just thought you were like, I just thought you got really depressed 
from all the stuff going on. Oh, I did. Definitely right. got depressed. And I thought yeah. that just caused you to just cut off and then, uh, you know, pow, you know, it was gone. Um, okay. Okay. Interesting. Are you going to be okay? I'm going to be fine. <laughs> okay. Be fine. I just got to take, take that in. <laughs> take it in. Like I said, I was, uh, I was excited to... Uh, I'm excited to be here because a lot of times if I talk to someone I've just hooked up with a couple times and that was it. Um, there's not, you know, we can have some fun talks about sex and dating, but there's not a lot to talk about like the us part. So with you, I'm like, oh, finally I get to talk about the us thing. Like what happened? I have unanswered yeah. questions. Well, like again, you know, like I still think that you're an amazing <laughs> human being and I had super fun getting to know you. It just, you know, the, the sure. timing of life just really sucked for the both and of us. And my motor mouth, apparently. <laughs> Which is fair because, like, again, like I said, you're not the only one to tell me that. Three, two, one. No, no, I know one. what I want to say. I'm Got deciding it. if I'm saying this or not. Uh, I'll, I'll, um, I, uh, I'm going through a breakup. I can't talk about that. I agreed I wouldn't talk about that anymore, so I actually can't. Uh, I'll tell you off mic. Um, sure. Well, I'll tell you now, and then I'll just cut it. But thank you for being respectful of her on her behalf. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, weird. It's really important. I'm trying. Integrity is the one thing that I find to be the most sexy in a, in a human being. And thank you for having it. Mm, am I looking super integritous? Whatever the adjective for integrity is. Integrous. <laughs> integrous? Is that the word? No, I have I no clue. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, actually, you know, the thing is, is there's a value in feeling. Um, valued. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. Like if, if you feel valued, especially in polyamory, you can really take a lot of shit. You know, a lot of things that um, might upset you in a monogamous relationship become less, like have less weight in a poly relationship if you feel valued. If your opinion feels valued, if your body feels valued, if your like relationship feels valued. And if you look at all the different ways we show appreciation, we have these bad behaviors in life where we forget mm. how to appreciate the world. And I'm like raising a young woman right now. She's 10. She's about to like hit puberty and all of that. And I actually am in this process of teaching her boundaries, teaching her like to have value for her body and for her mind and her for personal space. And I, and I, I think about these experiences that I've had with you and with other partners where I didn't feel valued or didn't feel important enough. And the question is, is like, what's enough? Shouldn't I have my own value? Shouldn't I feel in like strong enough in my own opinion and not, you know, be dependent on other people's affections. But I feel over the years, especially with all, like, we've been poly for 10, 15 years mm -hmm. now, um, had a lot of really beautiful relationships over the years. I think being dependent on, on people's affections is totally safe if they're, you know, trustworthy. And I think that, you know, what happened with us was just kind of, we weren't in that space where the trust had been built for yeah. me to hold on that long. Okay, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Uh, so you're you're polyamorous with this yes. with this fella, right? Mm -hmm. uh, 10, 15 years of that. Yeah. Do you have other partners right now? What's your? No, right now I don't. I had a baby in October. Okay. And when I found out I was pregnant, I was dating uh, a fantastic person. 
uh, he and I kind of split because, well, we were just going in different directions, mm. you know, and me becoming a mom made a lot of, it made a lot of things that don't matter to me matter. Like what? Well, who I was dating suddenly became very important. You know, am I dating somebody who's going to support my like maternity, who's going to tolerate, you know, like all the crazy that's about to come with all the hormones? And is it somebody who really understands what this means to me? Because uh, Chris and I have been trying to have more kids for 10 years. Like we didn't have one kid just because we wanted one kid. We met and we were like, let's have, let's have a football team, you know, and life didn't go that way for us. So when I finally became pregnant, it was like, was that a, was that a surprise pregnancy or had you guys been trying some like methods? Well, we, you know, we tried, uh, adopting foster care, surrogacy, like we've been through the ringer. Okay. So when I the wee one though the the one I met she's that's yours right right the, yeah they're all okay. uh, ten year old uh, kitty is yeah she's ten and she's awesome and you know but she wasn't right. like my plan okay to just but, have one but the second one was like this was like a surprise or kind of half and half like we weren't expecting to be successful but I don't think we've ever entirely given up okay you know it. Well, I imagine like when when you're together so for so long, it's not like you're using condoms. And if you're just not using birth control, it's well. That's the thing. Yeah. Like he and I actually, because we're poly, we don't uh, we aren't fluid bonded. You two aren't. Nope. Interesting. So when we decided to have, uh, oh, have another that freaked me out. Sorry, the cat. no cats are fine. It's just like I didn't expect it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So. When it's really interesting because that's a conversation that not a lot of poly people have is that I live with Chris. Mm -hmm. We have separate bedrooms, as you know, uh, because separate bedrooms means happiness. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you were a big proponent of that. I am a huge proponent of separate bedrooms in a couple. I think that there's nothing better than a well-rested person after a fight. You know, um, and after 10 years of marriage, I still get middle of the night booty calls. That's amazing. That's that's the best of the it best. It could have been me. Could could have been me. No. Uh. I mean, it still could be you. We could go out once I'm done, you know, maternity. Uh, yeah, no. So what was I saying? Um, so uh, I, I'll, I'll get back to separate bedrooms later. But you, uh, you were talking about uh, oh, being fluid bonded or not being fluid right, bonded so with your super primary. Can I say super primary? No, because we don't you guys- classify as primary, but we you can say co-parent, <laughs> co-parent, or, or okay, co-partner, co-partner know? and cohabitant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, like, we- very typically, that's like that's very typically a person. That is uh, you, called a primary. Or I meant know, like that common. would, you know, if you're going to be fluid bonded with anyone, typically it would be someone of, uh, well, of the his The thing stat- is, is that fluid bonding in a lot of people's relationships has a value, uh-huh. right? It does not have a value for us. Gotcha. It's a thing. What about the value of like, it feels so much better? <laughs> According to who? According okay. to you? No. You know, like. Do, do you not feel a difference between condoms? I personally and- don't have a difference. And uh, Chris in, in himself has a fetish for condoms. So that works out really well. Interesting. I've uh, never heard of this one. You know, it has a lot to do. Like, I had this amazing conversation with him. We're going to get all over the place because, yeah, you fine. know, I conversations will, will, with me go everywhere. I will keep it. Um, I will try to keep us in line. So he, he remembers, he was telling me that he remembers when. He was younger and he was becoming sexually active. The, the act of buying condoms was very exciting because like, oh, my God, I'm going to I'm, 
I'm going to have sex. Yeah. You know, and he was like one of those kids who didn't have the condom in his wallet waiting. Like there was this whole thing about going to buy the condom and get into that like that build up, that anticipation. Mm-hmm. And so over the years that created So for, for him, him buying condoms of, was part of the foreplay. It's a part of the foreplay. So condoms in itself is First you go down the woman then you say I'll be right back. I got to go to the store. That's exactly <laughs> how our first sexual experience went. Uh, always keep a couple in a drawer. <laughs> always, everybody. You should all know this. <laughs> Wait. Uh, well, you know. Uh, <laughs> Wait. Do you get, uh, that's t- an amazing story. I love that story. Tell me. Tell yeah. me. Not, I mean, that's about it. That's all there was. That's like, a, <laughs> like we, we, we were hooking up and I was like, I'm ready. Let's, let's, let's do this. And he was like, okay, I have to go buy your condoms. So he left me there for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and so he was sitting there half naked on his bed, like flipping through <laughs> through a book that he had on his counter. He gets back. He's like, I'm ready. You're like, I'm dry. Uh, it's, uh... Well, I mean, at that time I was in my early 20s. There's no such thing as dry in your 20s. Like you're just walking. You're just like a walking slip and slide. You know? so, <laughs> so, uh, so uh, I'm a much older now. <laughs> Things are a little bit. Someone was asking me before I got here. And I was like, I remember her. You know, she was older to me because right. I was. 12 for all intents and purposes. Um, no, because I was 25 then. So, how, how old I, are you now? Uh, I will be are 40 in June. Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. I'm looking good for 40, though. You look right? great for 40. What are you talking about? Yeah. Okay. So, we uh, confessed fluid bond. So, oh, it yeah, doesn't so- do anything for you two to be fluid bonded. Well, there's that. And fluid bonding has some emotional effect on other people. And I recognize that. Some people are like, oh, I feel more special, more mm-hmm. valued in a relationship. If so you're I'm just saying allowed. I should have offered to raw dog you. Got it. No. <laughs> like, no. Um, so what Chris and I discovered that is that like by having this kind of fluid bonded like privilege, if you will, a couple okay. privilege, it caused for in some relationships to feel intentionally less than. Are you guys relationship anarchists? Uh, he is. I'm he is. not. Gotcha. Okay. I'm actually not even poly. I I, <laughs> like, I would say that I'm better defined as like a postmodern polygamist. Okay. You know, like I'm all about marriage. I'm all about family and children and building a big household. I'm not the best at dating, which is another reason why we met. I was going through this like 90 days of casual sex thing. Do you remember oh, we right. talked about that? Yeah, yeah. Because one of my questions sitting here was going to be like, do you do casual sex? And I mean, there you go. That's the, that was the answer. Well, my experience with you and with some of the other people that I was dating when I met you was, you know, really positive. I had a lot of negative views, not necessarily sex negative, but not the most sex positive point of view on casual dating Mm. and promiscuous sex. Now I know that it's not for me, but it can be totally fun in the right context. And so, yeah, and so now I'm open-minded to certain experiences, but I just have to be in the vibe for it. Yeah, it just needs to be like a stranger on a street corner. (laughs) With with gorgeous, gorgeous blue eyes. Stop it, you. Stop it. Mm. (laughs) Um, So he's a relationship anarchist. and you don't care that like he you guys don't call it primary. I no we don't. I mean it's Or do you by do you ever do you ever have like a primary that's just not him? I mean there was a few people in my life that were super important and had they wanted the same direction as I did, I think that there might have been a situation where maybe not a primary but another cohabitating mm-hmm. partner. Uh 
but you know, like in like any good uh, polyamorous, I got a few good kicks in the teeth. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm still kind of waiting for my second husband. I'll find him now. Okay. Or he'll find me more likely because I have I'm shit for picking people. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the worst. <laughs> I have like I have no no good skills. Every I mean, you picked up a, you picked up some kid from t- you, from you Twitter. Just Come on, me like you flirted with me, and so like that's the kind of thing. Like I, whenever I flirt with somebody and I pick them myself, uh-huh. it's disastrous. <laughs> so whenever somebody else is like oh you know what you need to date this person or they come up to me and they're like you you i want to date you and i'm like okay sure whatever you know and then yeah that those go way better okay i have horrible taste in humans oh <laughs> <laughs> how did you first find out that you were polyamorous or at least let's say just non-monogamous uh after my second failed marriage second failed marriage so chris is my third third husband mm-hmm. but we're only married only because we want to have kids yeah for like legal reasons yeah if no you had yeah. your way you you wouldn't even have the paper no yeah i don't care too much i i do believe that you know i'm a big family person so i do believe that children should have like some like really paper link to their family and all of that so if i were to meet another husband and i had it in my uh biology to have another kid and he'd want that with me then i would divorce chris and we would get married so we could have like a legitimate child paper-wise you're big on the pedigree you know what it's not even about me or about the kids it's about their inheritance and like a lot of there's time, some but there's so many legal ways to set things there up. there are right, legal ways you know? to set that up here in america but like what we discussed chris is french and oh right I'm yeah they're still into that old old world stuff they're still they're, tracking down christ's uh, lineage, well, yeah, they, yeah. A lot of they're like who gets the castle. That's, yeah, those are those are French world problems. French <laughs> world gets, problems. Who gets the castle? It's it's very European <laughs> continental, where you know, like a lot of countries have inheritance rules and laws that say, you know, if you were born in wedlock or outside of wedlock, your rights are different. And so, what what's an example of in wedlock? Because I always just thought bloodline is what mattered most. But what's a difference well, between let's say wedlock still and out of wedlock? Bastardization laws, <laughs> where a kid that's born out of wedlock may not get a full, you know, cut of his inheritance what do you mean cut like let's say if he's the only one left who gets the rest i don't know you know i'm not french like a huge thing you know like i'm not french but i do know that you know just anywhere you go if you're married with if you're born within wedlock and it's your option as a parent it's my option as a parent if i can provide that to my children then i'm gonna do that the same way if i can provide a better education for my children i'm gonna do that you know if i can provide a better household i'm gonna do that okay so it's not so much like oh yay a pedigree whoo you know it's more like hey like here's another opportunity you know like my daughter like i'm religious chris isn't my daughter is convinced that there's no god uh it breaks my heart but <laughs> i'm still sending her to catechism classes oh man <laughs> Um, because two reasons. One, I feel like you can't make up your mind on something you don't know anything about. Uh-huh. So she has to go and learn. And if you want to become a true atheist, the best way is to study that religion and you will you will become one eventually. That's how I did it. I, well, I just feel like, you know. I was the top CCD student in my class. Nice. First one to be like, I'm not getting confirmed. Well, I'm a Quaker, so. like. Oh, my God. Gosh, the interesting things about you. 
<laughs> never cease. Um. Uh, so, and Chris is Catholic. So, but the thing is, is that when you are Catholic and you want to get married to another Catholic person, you have different rights at the oh, wedding. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, you know, again, she's going to have those options, right? But she can choose to, to do whatever it is that she's going to do. Did you do multiple weddings? So you had weddings for your first and second marriage, right? Uh, I only got married in the church once. But like a wedding, a ceremony of some sort. Um, my first husband, we went to, to town hall. Okay. You know, and the second we were in a Catholic church. And then with Chris. And with Chris, we were in a Protestant church. So I was in church twice. Okay. At no point did anyone take me seriously. I was because I, I I guess I was gonna think like you know does the first wedding's the big wedding and then but then each one just gets cheaper and the dress gets less and less. No, no, the last until one until you the, just show up in jeans for your sixth wedding. Most like Chris's our wedding was really outrageous. It was pricey and it was like the big dress and the big party and you you know the restaurant Joe Allen here in the city. No, nah. it's an American restaurant, Americanized. You know. Uh. But there's three more. There's one in London. There's one in Paris. And I think there's one in Tokyo. And we rented out the whole one in Paris. And you did this whole like, you know, fancy like Fred Astaire style jazz wedding. It was super fun. Okay. Okay. But we spent all the money on it. Like all of it is good. It's time for the fan whore appreciation moment. Hey, this is the part of the podcast where I like to give a shout out. To some members of our fan whore community on Patreon. Uh, what's up, Toby T, longtime fan whore and uh, my unbagging advocate. Thank you so much, man, for uh, supporting the podcast at all your various levels. And Lauren M, oh my gosh, what a sweetheart this one. She's my fundraising guru. Thank you so much. She's one of the people who helped me uh, set up the Patreon the way that it is now. Thank you so much uh, for supporting it as well as helping me set it up. Vivian P, go Packers. Thanks for your new pledge. Alex M, what a Georgia peach, man. Thank you for your generous support. And Christopher L, I, what I like about this guy is that he calls himself a rain king. And I don't know what that is, but it sounds magical. And you know what else is magical? Your pledge for the Man Whore Podcast on Patreon. Thank you so much. What is Patreon? It's kind of like a monthly fan club subscription meets Kickstarter. You choose how much money you want to pledge each month. And depending on how much money you pledge determines which rewards you receive. And rewards include bonus episodes of the Man Whore Podcast, shout outs on the show, access to the Champagne Room, our super secret Facebook group, and much, much more. Patrons of the Man Whore Podcast are also going to receive 25% off their tickets for Man Whore Con, just as my nice way of saying thank you for your support. You can join the club and receive a slew of great rewards and support the Man Whore Podcast at the same time. Just visit patreon.com slash Podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Podcast. Now let's get back to Jesse. <laughs> He's shaking his head at me like I'm some sort of crazy. Only a little bit of crazy, Jesse. You always, hey. you're always just a little bit crazy. But I'm a good kind of crazy. You're a good kind of crazy. You're kind of crazy. We'll pick up a stranger off the street and bring him into your lair because at the time you were in the downstairs bedroom. Yeah, in the basement. And it was like a lair. And then you take his clothes off. You know, that's a good kind of crazy. You get all your clothes off. 
I'm pretty sure by the end of it, my penis was out. I'm almost certain there was some playing around. it wasn't. You gave me head, but I did not do anything. Right, but I'm pretty sure I was nude for it. No, I don't think you were. I think our underwear stayed on. That was a part of the boundaries. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure because I Cause was. Because when you said we made out, I was like, we didn't. We definitely didn't just make out. Like other things, I knew. But happened. I think a yeah. part of the boundaries, like a part of the plan, was to get down to the skivvies and then then and stop there. That sure. was like the massive tease. But I'm pretty sure either that time or the next time we still had sex because. I remember that. Not that time. Okay. Definitely not because you had your, like, I don't know if you still have that, but you had your priorities up in line where you, like, you wanted girls to come back for more. Oh, my rule? Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, see, and that's what's nice in the evolution of things. Because, so, you know, so for context for people, we went out two years ago. That's when, that was, like, where this exists in the, the Billy continuity. And so then it was like definitely more of a rule. It was like, wouldn't sleep with people on the first hookup. We can do all sorts of other fun stuff, but we're not going to fuck the first time because I want to make sure that I want to fuck you and not just like, oh, I'm horny. I want to fuck. I want to make sure like I want to fuck Jesse, not Jesse's willing to fuck me and I'm going to just do it. You know, I love that about you, though. I thought that that was really, really fantastic. And I've actually told Chris that he needs to have that as a rule. It's a nice way to not like have regrettable sex. There's something about me is like, hey, I'll eat out anybody, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> she like spits out her coffee. <laughs> I'll eat out anyone. Uh, nice but to know I that w- <laughs> oral gynery is in check with you. I had had that. I had that swab. I'm still clear <laughs> on that one. Um, but um, but like something about me still says like if I'm gonna if I fuck somebody that's uh, that's something I like to still hold in a higher regard. So I like to make sure that's not something I'm going to regret. I, I and I can still I can honestly say that in the last three years I don't think I've fucked anyone that I regret fucking. I've regretted hooking up with certain people, but I'm like uh, it's like you know it's low stakes at that point. No, I, I have to agree. I don't think that I have any regrettable nights. I have a different rule than you. I don't fuck under the influence, so I don't drink or do drugs at all if i'm intending on having sex i don't do drugs much at all to start with I'm as not much, much as you look person. like it uh I, I do not look you like i do drugs look like the poster child for let's do something and get crazy yeah between the tattoos and the sleeve of the shirt and the green hair with the cool haircut and stuff come on you look i mean i look like a lot of people's like idea of what a stripper mom would look you like look, you also <laughs> kind of look like a derby girl Oh yeah, like I do roller like derby. derby yeah, yeah, you look like you throw some elbows. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm so mild mannered right. when it but, comes to the world. So no yeah, fucking under the influence. I don't influence. do anything under the influence of other things. So there's three things in like three really amazing experiences you can have in life. You can get drunk and drink and get tipsy and have that experience. You can do some drugs. You know, like I, I don't do a lot. I do like to smoke pot though. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's sex, but I find that whenever I've mixed any of these things together, there's regret involved the next day. So my my life rule has been not to mix any of those. Okay. So that's also the sex positive message I want to teach my daughters. Like, if you're going to have sex, have sex. You know, enjoy it. If you're going to drink, drink at home, be safe, fine. If you're going to smoke, please do that at home, but don't mix Mixing will end up, you know, especially when you're young and you don't know what's going on and you don't really have a lot of like, like self-awareness. Whenever you start mixing that mm. shit together, it's like, oh, like 
Oh, the millions of regretful nights. That but I don't had we learn from those? Re- yeah, but we learn from those. But she's regrets. gonna do it anyway. But I can still say, don't do it. You just want to be able to say, "I told you so." I mean, who you're just doesn't setting yourself say up they for told it. You, so. you love saying you told you so. Um, I I prefer people. I tell someone something, and they'd be like, "Oh, you know what? You're right. I will. I will listen. I prefer that." Yeah. No, that never happened. What world do you live in? I mean, it doesn't happen. Do I just prefer. That, How but, do you know you prefer it if you've never had it? It's happened sometimes. But. Does it feel really good? Yeah. Like how good? Being told I'm right gets me, thinking about it gets me hard to kind of right now. Just a little bit. Just something like, oh, someone said I was right. Uh, right then and there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but that rule I had, yeah. it's now not a rule. It's um, it's definitely more of a guideline. So <laughs> I still follow that, but you know, it's the same thing at heart. Like if I can tell like, I want to have sex with this person. I am not going to regret that. I wanted to have sex with them before we met. I'm still going to want to have sex with them tomorrow. And hopefully they'll want to have sex with me again. Um, so if that opportunity arises, like, I'll sometimes take it. I'll be like, yeah, let's progress this up from whatever we're doing to that. And sometimes I'm not sure. And I will hold back. And I will be like, I don't want to have sex right now. And then I'll have a night to sleep on it. So mm. it's not a hard, fast rule as it used to be. And now it's definitely more of a guideline. I trust myself to make um, decisions with my brain instead of my cock more than I did when I was 24 or 23. So how, how old are you now? 27? I'll be 28 in June. 28 in June. We're both June babies, right? Mm-hmm. Ooh. June 5th. June 8th. Right, right. That's right. Our birthdays are right next to each other. Mm-hmm. Shit. No, that's... Yeah, I guess... You know, I think also like I'm not into like astrology at all, but I do Thank know that now that I do know that people born in June, and I, I don't really know what that is, but people born in June that I know of, we just learn from knocking our heads into walls. Like it's just like this thing that we all share in common, and that's really fun. Uh, where I like, I don't see that in many other people. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if that's a, a trait or anything. I, like I, I don't read the. Yeah, I don't do the astrology thing, but I just—it's just something I notice. Not—I don't read them, so I don't know what it means. So, do you normally do like crazy stuff, like bring strangers into your place? No, to- I really don't. And like, that's that's what's probably that's why I liked it so much because it was really unique and different. Something that you yeah. and I share that I don't share with other people. I'm not that crazy of a person. I'm really so boring <laughs> well i mean i don't know what because we only had sex like you know a couple times so yeah I, what's your what's your sex like what's what are you into what do you like uh for me i'm, I'm just, really, gonna, yeah, just gonna no. very casually write down just in just case, in case I you ever, get around to it if again. i ever need it um uh, i i you know the thing is is that as much as you like to be led so do i i like to be led i like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a very powerful woman in my life you know i have had a very successful career. I own a business. You know, I, I run my household like I, like I run. You know, like I run. Shit. Yeah. I'm like super mom. I, so you so follow the you you I live kinda, into the trope of the powerful woman outside. Yeah, I I kind of want to let go and let's you know let my partner kind of lead the way because I do so much of that in my day to day. Like I'm always kind of like right now we're buying a house and Chris has basically washed his hands of it. It's like, oh, you know, like you do whatever you want, sweetie. You you pick it out, and here's the paperwork, and here's the check, and you do it. And like, and I'm totally okay with that, and that's absolutely comfortable for me. It drives my mother crazy, but I'm totally fine right. with it. Are but, you so? Are, but does that lend to like? Are you kinky? Like, do you want? I am to- not kinky. Uh, I do have a kink, like a, a well, maybe not. Somebody defined once for me a kink is something that you could do. 
and a fetish is something you need, need to, to do. do. That's a great way to. I'm writing that down. Kink could do. Fetish need. Yeah, and and that's great. So I have a slight kink, but it's only available with a partner that I'm very very comfortable with and it requires a lot of trust and i'm into doll play so like being kind of non i'm not kind of completely non-responsive uh-huh uh so i get to experience my partner's sexuality in a hundred percent do you ever get the feeling that when you're with somebody it's not all your sexuality it's not all of theirs but together you guys are creating a story so like your yeah. sex life with partner a is not going to be anything like sex life with partner B or C or D or whatever. Right, because also like, so I'm responding to a little of your stuff, you're responding, responding to, to some stuff. of my stuff in the moment, so yeah. And one of the things that I discovered through doll play is like by, you know, subtracting myself from the equation, I get to really see what their, you know, sexuality is like when I'm absent. So it's it's hugely meditative. It's really beautiful for me to like experience a partner's full sexuality without me in the way. Mm. So I discovered that with one partner, he was way more like gentle and super like attentive and really like really kind of precious. But now is that but truly his sex? fuck really hard and really angry. So I was going to say, is that truly his sexuality? Is he just trying to be extra cautious with no, you in his vulnerable you know, state? When, when we got to the place of being able to share that fetish together and all the discussions that go mm. into that and the boundaries that go into that, he just genuinely was doing what he would do if he had a living doll of his own. You know, not... They sell those, you know. Uh, no, not They're very really. expensive, though. No, those are plastic. They're not alive. But they're so lifelike. But they don't love you afterwards. They can't not love you. True, true. <laughs> or they can't hate you. Uh, so like, yeah. And then after those experiences, we started talking. He was like, yeah, I mean, I know that we have like really hard, you know, like crazy sex, but that's just kind of the way it is. You inspire that Jess. And I was like, whoa, that's on me. <laughs> like, so yeah, it, it allows me sometimes to, especially with a partner I trust, allows me to get to know them better, like to see who they are under all of that, like influence that I can put on people in the room. And I think that we all do that. We always put influence on the people in the room. Like it always gets a little murky with the, with your own vibe. Mm. Um, but outside of that, well, what does and what what does the doll play look like? Well, it's literally like, it's, it's just like literally what you're imagining right now. It's like I will not move, not respond, and you know, depending on certain boundaries that are set into line, like. Just, things will be done to you. Yes, and I. Just, Do you hold up a position if he puts you in a position? There's, there's like, like, are you a rag doll? Or are you more like an action a, figure an where you can move so, like the pieces? Action figure, rag doll. It's a really great, but that's a boundary that's set. Like, isn't it crazy? Ask, that's a subset of a fetish. It's like, yeah, but like, are you rag doll? Like, are you raggedy Ann? Or are you like a, a Power Ranger? I mean, which which are fetish are you? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I'm re- I'm more into the raggedy Ann you know than like Power for, Rangers. <laughs> it's super fun because for me, I get to play either. So it's it's all on him, okay. you know, or her. Uh, it's like all, it's all on the partner. Like, what do you, you know? If you imagined your doll, what is she like? Is she a rag doll? Is she kind of floppy, or is she animatronic, like with elbows and stuff? Mm. Does she respond? You know, every time you set her up, do, like the way that you know little kids' dolls do. Like, what is it? And um, 
you know, I met people that I had spoken to. It was like, I, if, if you were my doll, Jess, I would put a wig on you and have you dress like this. And like, it's just exciting to think that like you can be at one way cared for and loved and appreciated like a precious kind of like porcelain doll type thing. Mm. But at the same time, sexualized and, and um, fetishized in a way that is still, you know, still really nice you know it's, it's still kind of kind of sweet uh-huh. in it's like really gross and seedy way like i don't know it's, for me it works out really lovely are you i know you're not responsive but i'm trying to separate it from say like consensual non-consent and like like but of someone being asleep so like are you, yeah, you know say what? like are you like eyes open like are you like the chucky it, doll like again you're <laughs> again like that's really on on the partner, you know, it's like, hey, okay. like, how do you want to go about this? Do you like eyes open, eyes closed? Do you want to do open sitting up, mm-hmm. closed laying down? Like, uh, a lot of those, you know, like in the, for me, it's the non-responsiveness. It's the absolute presence, you know, being completely there, you know, being completely present for my partner, feeling everything that's being, you know, put to the table and just taking it on, mm-hmm. you know, in a positive, loving way. Of course, if somebody's into mistreating a doll or mistreating somebody, like, that's not going to work for me. Mm. I don't want to be hit. Yeah. I don't like that stuff. Um, so that's really not where I'm going down. But, like, if they're like, oh, well, I want to get her dressed and I'd like to, like, sit at the table and have a pretend meal. Sip tea. Sip tea. Yeah. Like, you know, or, like, I just want to have anal sex and, like, not you know, not respond or I just, you know, whatever the thing is going to be, you know, you're there and you receive it and you're just like, okay, well, this is a loving experience. This is one way of receiving a loving experience. And it's, it can be, I don't know. I like it. I think it's fun. Hey, I'm with you. I just, (laughs) my, I guess mine, I have a similar thing I'm into. I'm just, um, mine doesn't manifest as like doll it's like i can totally be into the i want to be unresponsive in a way or be used but for me it's just more like i just want to be i guess used Mm -hmm. and not have to like worry about like trying to figure out what my use is gonna be i remember that about you yeah like i'm a pleaser like so i mean so if that means like i i'm taking charge and i'm spanking something like i can do all that stuff but i also like to be led and um so i remember my ex and I were talking about one thing we uh, rape play, but um, but like her raping me, super feminist. It's uh, just you know really. <laughs> uh, I mean, we're trying to there's fi- nothing feminist about rape. Okay, but what I, what I mean by that is the, the whole you know it's flipping the gender. Right? It's like a gender equal. flip situation, for yeah, sure. Yeah. But the idea was like um, me being asleep, mm. and we were trying to figure out how best to do it. Like uh, so we. Part one, the first, uh, the I've since been told by various listeners and friends not to do it this way. But the our initial thought was like, well, what if I roofie myself and then like unlock the doors and go to sleep, and then she can slip in and do her things, and then some people uh, suggested like other type of a medication, or one person uh, suggested like a really good strain of marijuana that would make me feel heavy. And yeah, I, like and a then, couch lock. Yeah, yeah, and that made and that was what clicked. I was like, ooh, because again, like I want to be. She said, I could be in a state where I'll, I'll be able to move if I have to, but I really won't want to. I'm like, perfect. I want to be unresponsive. I just right. want to be used. And if that's my mouth, my ass, my cock, whatever it is, 
and and so I was kind of about that. Like I want to do something where I'm unresponsive. Well, it just hasn't I, happened yet. I use self hypnosis. Stop it. No, I do. I use self hypnosis. It does help a lot. If I start to get overly excited, I it will pop out. How do like, you do self hypnosis? I mean, like in the same way anybody does self hypnosis. Yeah, because like, we all just casually self hypnotizing <laughs> ourselves. Yeah. Well, okay. So it's like, um, oh, everybody does it. What are you talking no, about? No, not everybody does it. But the same way that you are taught to self hypnose for anything, it's the same technique. Okay. So what is it? What's the technique? Um, it's probably what would be considered closer to a deep meditative state where you're just choosing the response that just your body has. Just a lot has. of breathing? Uh, at one point, you just go from meditation to um, awareness. So like instead of like going inwards, you're just kind of sitting and letting go. And so I used, I learned how to do this. Um, sorry. I learned how to do this when I was younger because I would get carsick. And I would just, it was the worst. I, I couldn't not get carsick. My family was in the cars all the time. So I learned how to breathe and kind of like convince myself that it wasn't carsick anymore. And it's just mentally telling yourself like, I'm fine. This is totally okay. I am totally okay. This is beautiful. Look out the window. This is fantastic. And so after years and years of doing this, I'm now at a place where I can get, you know, my mind to be like, I can't move. I can't move at all. My fingers won't move. My toes won't move. And that's hot for you. Well, when you get to that point, now see, there's what you were saying earlier about being used. Like, that's not a thing for me. No, 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 no. But like, the, but, but I get you in, in that it, the unresponsiveness is like part of the thing I'm re- I relate to yeah. on that. Is what I'm trying so to say. I get you in the sense of being non-responsive. But for me, I want to be cherished the way a doll is cherished, the way it huh. cared for. Uh, and I definitely know where that comes from. Like my parents, you know, are awesome. My mother was an awesome human being, but she's not the most cuddly person. Uh, and my father was not a caring person. So the one of the things I remember as a kid is I don't remember getting my hair brushed by a, by a family member. Like I don't remember that being hair bring hair brush. <laughs> bring hair brush. I'm writing down. So like yeah, this kind of caring of somebody, this kind of like brushing of the hair and like stroking of somebody, just you know showing them that they're special. I didn't have a lot of that as a kid, mm-hmm. so now it's become a sexualized thing in my head because any type of affection in that way became like. <gasps> somebody's like, woo, you right. know, and so now it's just linked to their outside of all the fetish stuff. I'm really very vanilla. I like really normal day to day sex. <laughs> Besides the crazy doll stuff. Besides super stuff. normal, super normal. But I don't engage in that a lot. It's just the only thing that I have that's not normal. You know, like, like when it comes to sex, you're just like, that's the thing, you know, that I might be into. If I know you really well. Sure, so, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but you can always bring a hairbrush. I wrote it, I wrote it down there. <laughs> Good. What are, what are the thoughts you have when you, you know, think back to when we were dating? I mean, I, like we've known that we were going to do this episode for a while. There's a lot of like scheduling sound food. So there there's, must have been some thought, uh, some thinking back. There was. And I have, I actually was going to try to get around to it. So I'm glad you Please brought it bring- up. I feel like I owe you an apology. I feel like you were owed better from me. I could have done better by you. And I really thought that you were a fantastic person. I still think that you're a fantastic person. And I know I was going through a lot, but that doesn't excuse my ghosting and my behavior. And you you deserved better than what I gave you at the end. Well, I 
apparently could have given you uh, better and, and you know, treated you a little bit more respectfully as a sexual partner. You know, the thing is, is that partner. there was so much going on. Then, as much as you know, you deserve better from me, mm. you also deserved more communication from me. I could have easily just said, like I would have today, been like, hey, man, like, how about we switch this thing up and not talk about your girlfriends yeah. at the end? Like, or even I like ending, you- or even ending it entirely. Cause yeah. what I remember was the last day was the American Sniper. I remember that being January. It was before the Oscars. I remember that much. So <clears throat> I remember like, okay, so that's like January. So I just like, oh, that must have ended like by February the latest. I was looking back. I was trying to set up dates as late as like, I think May of that same yeah, year. I, I definitely did I like, not do right. But, by I, you. but I don't, but if it me, not for nothing, I don't even remember the ghosting part. Like, I don't remember it being dragged on that long. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, is that whether you remember it or not, I do. Okay. And, you know, like, y- you were, oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, and you're, you know, I feel like you're owed more from me. Like, I could have communicated better and I should have communicated better. And the end, you know, like, it sucked, and I'm sorry. Uh, you're forgiven, and I don't even think I, you know, you owe me the apology. But you know, we're, whether you we're more think okay. you owed it or not, you are. Well, you thank know. you. There you go. You. That's what I, that's what I think of the whole situation. Ta-da. There we go. Yeah. So what if I what if I had hit you up uh, in between, let's say. Oh man, it was a mess all around. If I hit you up at any point of 2016, which if I go back in my text, I bet you I tried at least once. I drink no. whiskey. Um, if there was never a chance I could have, no, nothing. I mean, no. It, let's see. Uh, I could. There was no. 2016. Le- I was pregnant all 2016. And. You know, I, I, I'm. Oh, I still would love to have sex with a pregnant woman. I would. Ah, uh, I find so weird. I find pregnant women to be so sexy. I mean, I, some. I mean, I some mean, don't. I can show you pictures. I was a happy pregnant woman. I was so excited to be knocked up. Like my whole life has been like all around like wanting that, and wanting so I was yeah. so happy. I mean, I was outside playing tennis at eight months. You know, like, woo! Yeah. You know, I was having such a great time. Um, but I was hit up by somebody like, Hey, like you're really sexy. And I'm just, I just looked at him like from the side of my face, just being like, what? So did you not like fuck around? Uh, or no, no? I didn't. It, you know, the thing is, is that like, as much as I felt great in my body and in, you know, in the very, you know, I was having a good time with life, you know, at that time, I just, I, I wasn't into being a fetish, but it's you not know? about a fetish. It's just about being a try. I mean, some people fetishize pregnant women yes, of course but do. like for me it just it would have been more like oh you look really cute then you look cute in a different way now um i, I haven't seen the picture of it but like you know there's some some women wear pregnant super hot somewhere don't uh wear pregnant as good and but like um that wouldn't have stopped me if you'd be like hey i'm pregnant i'd be like okay and is you know yeah you know i i guess for me like immediately if you're not in a long-term relationship with me i don't even imagine that it's not a fetish. Like, gotcha. oh, like, oh, come on, man. Like, well, if you eh. ever get pregnant again, I promise not to fetishize your pregnant belly. <laughs> Isn't that fetishizing the fact that I'm pregnant in just saying that? No, no. It's just uh, it's just me clarifying for the future in uh-huh. case like I hit you up randomly and you happen to be pregnant uh, at the time. Uh, okay, yes. If I happen to <laughs> It's not like if I hit you again. up and be like, yo, Jesse, you pregnant? Nah, okay, I'll hit you up next year. <laughs> it's not like... It's not like <laughs> It's like never mind. <laughs> oh yeah, no, absolutely. I'll I'll let you know. 
I'd, I'd be like, you know, were, were hey. You, were you having sex at all um, when you were pregnant? Oh, yeah, lots. Oh, lots. Okay. Yeah, no, pregnant sex is the best sex ever. Okay. Do you want to do um, like an additional, we'll do a little like bonus episode on pregnant sex? Sure. Any okay. day you like. Okay, cool. No, I mean, we'll do it here now. It's just more like me saying that and I write it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then before Absolutely. I leave, we do that. Um, I mean, I feel like that's good closure. I feel uh, the. You had an apology I certainly wasn't expecting, and I got an answer and learned that uh, I need to watch my mouth a bit more. I just think you switch I it think, up. I think you know. I, I think part of it was again just like there's an immaturity that, I'm, that I either still have or have had in the talking about other partners. And I think when I was 25, I was still like, "Oh my god!" Like people are having sex with me. I which I still sometimes get, but like certainly much more then than maybe now and. Um, you know, it can be very exciting to be able to be honest and to have somebody willing to hear you about your honesty. It's like, that's a super exciting. Yeah, when you you're know? with like the, the, the poly or sex positive or slutty crowd or the sex party crowd, like you feel like you can talk more about that and mm. you forget that they're, st- you know, they got feelings too. I mean, yeah, yes. Slutty people, people have, have feelings too. Poly people, slutty people, etc. Uh, have feelings too. You know, which is basically why I stay away yeah. from them. They're too sensitive. Uh, <laughs> that's a whole other bag of worms. Oh, they are. They're all the worms. But all the worms catch all the fish, so. Mm. Well, do you feel good? I feel great. Feel good do you about feel good? This? I, feel, I feel good about this. I'm so glad. I really, really want to give you a hug right now. Is that can, okay? Yeah, can we do no, that? No, yeah, hold on. Yay! Are you gonna hug and make up? Oh. oh, come here, you. That was a really good hug, by the way. You you always give great hugs. Oh, hear that, everybody? Great A hugger. Um, well, patrons, uh, we're gonna record a bonus episode now about pregnant sex. She just raised her eyebrows at me. Um, and but for everybody else, uh, Jesse, why don't you say goodbye to everybody? Thanks, everyone, for listening. Have La- a great day. Later. I hope you enjoyed my conversation catching up with Jesse all these years later. Um, things end well. Let's just say that. We ended up catching drinks uh, one night a few weeks, uh, several weeks after recording this, and we were catching up. And it, let's just say it ended with her walking me down 4th Street uh, by my cock out in the open, holding it like it's a dog leash. <laughs> not caring who saw i love new york city uh, <laughs> if you enjoyed this week's show let me know about it share it with your friends okay the one of the, the most flattering things you can do is recommend my show to people that you know uh on instagram i got this one from at aries novu i might be mispronouncing that but you know uh they hashtag man crush monday for me uh they say i'm obsessed this show is so fun, entertaining, and thoughtful. If more people shared Billy's views, modern dating might not be such a shit show. Tune in sometime. Well, thank you, Aries Navu on Instagram. Much appreciated. Uh, I now have an Instagram. Isn't that crazy? You can follow me on Instagram at TheBillyPresida. I'm doing stories and all the Instagrammy type stuff I'm supposed to do. And you can always follow me on Twitter at TheBillyPresida. Use the hashtag Podcast. Let me know what you thought about the show. 
You can also like the Man Whore Podcast on Facebook on my fan page. And you can join in the conversation with your fellow fan whores on the Man Whore Podcast subreddit, r slash Man Whore Podcast. But if you want to say something to me uh, personally, just straight to me, I love getting your emails. Waking up to your emails is one of my favorite things to wake up to, other than waking up to boatloads of cash. Shoot me an email at manwhorepod at gmail.com. I answer basically every email, so uh, I'll be sure to get back to you. And last but certainly not least, manwhorecon people, put in your calendars, your iCal, your GCal, your CalCal, October 7th and 8th. We're going to make it happen. Go get your super early bird tickets right now at manwhorepod.com slash tickets. Until next week, uh, where we... We will have the return of a man or podcast guest from a long, long time ago. Kat is coming back. And she's, she's quite a different woman than when we last left her. But until next week, everyone, enjoy yourselves, have some fun, fuck a stranger, and stay slutty. Mm-hmm.